everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 7, Episode 56. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. And if you haven't already, make sure you go check out Episode 55, Surviving R. Kelly Part 2, where we discuss the aftermath and the nuances to the Surviving R. Kelly docuseries, along with my Coach P dropping gem segment on the importance of gratitude. Yeah, that was a really good episode, actually. And I'm glad that we were able to talk about the different aspects of how the documentary played a part within the black community. We kind of went a little deeper with it and also ending off with the gratitude. I actually was considering the one that you mentioned about putting notes Mm. in a, what is it? Like in a jar? In a jar. So I was thinking about doing that, just being consistent with it. Because when I start something, I like to follow it through. So that's one of the ones I was thinking about, along with actually listing gratitudes prior to going to bed. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of between the two. But I do think about gratitude because my life coach, she actually did a meditation thing Mm. for me. One of it is to like, what are you grateful for? Yeah. And I kind of breathe in what I'm grateful for. like inhale and then exhale what I'm not grateful for in a sense. So I actually do it a part of my meditation, just not every day, of course. Right. It had me thinking a lot about being grateful and um, being in that position in life. And like you said, it kind of puts you in a very positive space. I love that. Mm -hmm. I got goosebumps when you said the part about the consistency because it's so important. Like anything you're doing, no matter how simple it is, the consistency is what's going to make you get those real results. And we actually posted something about that online about persistence will get you started, but consistency will get you to the end. So valid. Nice. I love it. Thanks for bringing that up. No problem. All right, let's get into it. Lego. Kamala Harris announced her presidential debut on Monday, anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, She announced it on Good Morning America, then released a video basically debuting her campaign. The video was a short clip for about a minute. It had some really important themes as to, I believe, what her platform is going to invoke, Mm -hmm. which is truth, justice, decency, equality, freedom, and democracy. Okay. Um, She is running to lift our voices and to fight for our American values and is trying to bring our voices together. So I'm sensing a bit of unity going on here. Yeah. Um, Obama presidency was built on hope. I think hers (laughs) is going to go along the lines of unity. So this whole concept that she's kind of going with and a strong rhetoric when you think about it, especially how divided we are. So I think it's very interesting. Um, And since her announcement, she raised one point five million and she's a fourth woman to enter the 2020 Democratic presidential race. Coach P, can you name the other woman that's a part of the race? So the other women are Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Kirsten Gilbrand and Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. Yes. So it's going to be a very interesting presidential run. That's actually amazing that there's four women running. And it's it's amazing. And it's also sad that we have to just highlight like, hey, look, there's four women who are running for this. But that's actually just showing the shift in the culture and what's really acceptable. Like now more women are going to be coming out there. And the fact that she's a black woman running for president, yeah, that's like, one too. that's like, damn, that's huge. Yeah, I think. But do you think people are coming forward to run? because we're the political climate as to where our country is at people coming forward because like if Trump could be president 100% anybody could be president I'm about to put my bid in maybe bruh the rats on the platform could put <laughs> they bid in to run for president in New York City facts like so you think everyone's trying to come forward and kind of state the claim or you think people have like valid reasons and platforms to kind of shift where we're at as a country well I think people are just so demoralized by the Ooh, current thank you thank you no, the big words, yes. <laughs> well, like the current status of our political system and this is an opportunity to really make a difference and with Trump it showed that anyone can 
actually come in and become a president. It's sad to say you don't have to be qualified to win, but that's what happened with him. So Speaking of qualifications, Kamala Harris definitely has a plethora of qualifications, along yeah. with some of the other candidates who are coming forward. So it really speaks to how we went from someone who's not experienced at all, yeah. just running businesses, and we could see how those businesses were going, <laughs> um, and now coming into an arena of more so of other people who are actually have a plethora, a long list of qualifications pertinent to being a coming a president. So to kind of see that shift in a dynamic and to see that that is really important in this position because they're going to be shifting a political climate in our country and also speaking on real issues that matter, yeah. you know, so. I think it would be really cool if there was like a celebrity category, like, all right, here are your qualified candidates and, and our new celebrity candidates. This year we have... Mark Cuban running, the, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, <laughs> and Will Smith. Yo, <laughs> be the lit. Rock probably would be a better president, bro. Facts. <laughs> um, but so just to give you guys a little background on Kamala Harris, she was raised in Oakland, California. She was working at the prosecutor's office in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Back in 2004, she became San Francisco's district attorney and the top prosecutor for the city. And in 2011, she became California's attorney general and the top law enforcement official in the state. She held that position until 2017 when she became a U.S. senator for California. So during her time when she served as district attorney, she was actually elected in 2003 and was reelected for a second term in November 2017. So she has, like you said, she has that experience. She's basically been in the game and been doing this for a while so yeah. it's definitely a major shift from from what we've seen with trump and just the trend especially with this administration of a lot of people who are lacking experience coming yes. in and doing jobs that they're not qualified for which we actually talked about in one of our early 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 episodes we damn sure did underqualified and overpaid yes that's one of our first shows a part of our first seasons definitely go check that out don't mind the sound quality might be a little a little hard on the ears <laughs> good bro in fact we're growing we're, we're growing, growing. Right? we're from one mic to two mics you heard <laughs> <laughs> mama we made it we got two mics <laughs> <laughs> we in here <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm just like i don't know how i ever shared a, a mic with you i'll just think about joe scott <laughs> okay i'm not talking into that mic no more <laughs> you ain't shit. um but kamala harris was the first woman of color to hold the attorney general office in california and currently, she serves on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Homeland Security, Intelligence, and Budget Committees. Um, Kamala introduced or co-sponsored legislation to provide sweeping tax cuts for the middle class. She also addressed the high cost of rent, raise the minimum wage to 15 an hour, make higher education tuition free for the vast majority of Americans, um, reform the cash bail system. She protect the legal rights of refugees and immigrants and expand access to affordable quality health care with Medicare for all. So when she was an attorney general, she prosecuted transnational gangs that exploited women and children and trafficked in guns and um, drugs. She achieved landmark results for middle class Californians by fighting the Wall Street banks and winning a $20 billion um, suit for homeowners who were facing foreclosure during the Great Recession. Damn. She helped thousands of families um, stay in their homes and pass one of the nation's strongest anti-foreclosure laws. She successfully sued predatory for profit colleges that scam students and veterans 
prosecuted big polluters and defended the Affordable Care Act from partisan attacks. Her resume is lengthy. Yeah, it she is. She has a lot going on. Definitely does. But And with all the great things that she does and she has been doing, there's always two sides of the coin. And there, is. there are a lot of people who are out there supporting her and very happy about her, her bid in the presidential race for 2020. Yeah. But there are also a lot of people out there who are skeptical and... So we always want to just make sure we're providing you with all the information. She also fought to release fewer prisoners even after the U.S. Supreme Court found that California prisons were too overcrowded. And it was so bad that it actually amounted to unconstitutional, cruel, and unusual punishment. Her lawyer basically mentioned that she couldn't deplete its pool for prison labor. And when it got back to Harris, she basically stated that she wasn't aware her office was going on with the argument until it was reported in the media. For one of her cases, her department argued against Daniel Larson, who was convicted for a concealed weapon, which was a knife, and he was later found innocent by the Innocence Project. But her department was against his being exonerated and released due to the fact that he missed a deadline to file a legal petition. However, the courts disagreed and actually allowed his release in 2013. Kamala was also opposed to the death penalty, and as attorney general, she told voters she would enforce capital punishment. She actually did so in 2014, and she appealed the judge's decision that deemed California's death penalty system unconstitutional. Yeah, so I'm going to need us to discuss this a little further. But mm-hmm. um, what I will say is that I came across a great um, blog post by Blake S. He is a co-host of Hella Black Podcast. So make sure you go check them out. But he I did, like that. Yeah, I know, right? Um, he did write a piece for Afropunk. Oh, you black, black. <laughs> yeah, fact. <laughs> he wrote a piece for Afropunk um, titled, Kamala Harris Has Been Tough on Black People, Not Crime. Mm, the shade, honey. Let's sip this Tito. Um, so he mentions her lack of support for um, body cameras, which is very interesting. He also stated that she defended the three strikes law in which black people are incarcerated at a rate 12 times higher than their white counterparts. She supported the death penalty, which is a modern day form of lynching, which is interesting because you're going to discuss further about how she tried to redeem herself yeah. in terms of putting the anti-lynching bill in. Um, she pushed back against a federal order to expand on early parole program, arguing that it will deplete their stock of prison labor, especially inmates who fight wildfires. Now, keep in mind, when California had their big wildfires, the people that I was helping out was inmates. I wasn't made aware of that. I was yeah. like, oh, so y'all just out here sacrificing y'all bodies, and y'all getting paid like nickels and dimes, if that? And yeah. that's firefighters' jobs who are actually part of the union. They're getting paid a good salary and benefits. That's Interesting. crazy. I like, did not know that. Yeah, we're not going to release these people from prison because we need them for cheap labor. That's Essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, also, he stated that Kamala Harris announcing her presidency run on MLK Day is truly disrespectful to King's legacy and is a spit in the face to the black radical tradition. Her announcing on MLK Day is propaganda. It's meant to fool black people to make her think that she's actually for us. He tweeted that part and also incorporated it in the blog post. I was like, damn, brother, you going hard, but... I respect it. The writer even stated Kamala Harris is what the black radical tradition calls a neocolonist. So he went along the lines of basically saying neocolonism, which means is the integration of a colonized person into the colonized system in order to enact the policies of the colonizer. That being said, Kamala is a black face doing a job of white supremacist system. So she's like in a sunken place. He's trying to say with a black face Damn. type shit. That's that's. 
That's some loaded. But the facts. thing is, he is from Oakland area, so he's speaking to the experiences. And please check out that um blog post. It was written on Afropunk, and it's called Kamala Harris has been tough on black people, not crime. He's speaking from his personal experience of right. what it was like when she was running it out there, and how black people were treated. So it's not like, you know, he's from, and he does grassroots work and is an organizer. So to kind of speak true to that, you know, um, I was very like, okay, because like you said, when it came out that she was running for presidency and especially on MLK Day, I was like, that's very strategic. Yeah. Very strategic. Shout out to her marketing team. Uh, facts. And she got Olivia Pope. <laughs> <up in> there. <laughs> and the way she did it and stuff. And then I saw it was like polarizing views, you know, as a black woman, I was like, a part of me was like, yes, we got, you know, another black woman aside from Shirley Chisholm who ran for president years ago and now we have a black woman coming in to play and she's actually putting in her bid that part of me is like yo and then you know the post Obama era when he did so much so I'm just like yes and I've been watching Kamala Harris and what she's been doing so I'm just kind of like okay you know this is going but then to hear these reports and to see this come forward like there's other articles out there mentioning what she was like as a prosecutor and the work that she did and it's like it's one of those I've been reading I'm like Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, like, I'm gonna need us to talk about this. And she kind of made a general comment subsequent her putting her presidential bid. I think she's gonna get more further into it as she goes on. But she was basically saying that she wasn't aware of what the people in her office was doing. They was making decisions without her, which is true. They had a right of doing that to some extent, but that's a lot of stuff going on under your table that you're not aware about. And to me, it's kind of a cop. I like, she said it in that regard, but then kind of followed up. Like I hold accountability, but it's like, do you really, are you just saying it? Because now you running for president and you need us. Like you need us. And you know, that's very strategic for the Democrats as well to kind of have someone in the forefront. That's for the black people. And yeah. you know, let's get the black vote. And once they in office, it's like, I start switching up shit. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's really important that even though she might have not been aware, it's really her responsibility to be aware of what's going on. And I think the same way we'll hold different people accountable when they're at the top of the food chain, it it can't be any different for her. So definitely it's going to be interesting talking points. And, you know, it's going to be brought up once the mealy or the the. The fireworks that the presidential campaigns are going to be because you know Trump is coming with straight shade and jabs. And I mean, son, his gonna... associates are getting locked up right and left. So I'm going to need him to chill. <laughs> I'm going to even have a seat. Okay, don't even go hard with this one. But going back to your point, yeah, it's it's very true that we need to hold people accountable for the actions, no matter who's on top of the food chain. It's just when it's not a lot of us putting these positions. I think that's why it's polarizing for people because it's like. It's not a lot of us in these positions. We know how hard she and Obama had to work to get today. Look at the plethora of stuff that she's done. Right. Comparing that to Obama as well. And Trump ain't done shit. Okay. And But look where he's well, at. He so, did shut the government down for about 35 days. Until LaGuardia got on that ass and shut down the whole airport. And now he put it back. And it's like, oh, that's all it took? That's all it took? Was for them to shut down the whole airways. And now it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> He petty what, bruh. Damn. But to go back to the point of like, you know, it's crazy. And it's like, part of me is like a black woman. Yes, I want to see you win. But the other part is like, how are you going to spend this? Yeah. How are you going to make it better? You're going to release all those people that were in, in prison under you? Because if it's overpopulated, you got to deconstruct. Let's talk about the population of those people that's in prison. Probably most likely black and brown people that are there and enslaved basically because that's what the prison industrial complex is of and that was underneath you so how do you plan to get the black vote and spin it you can't say i wasn't aware that's a large population not to be aware of that's a large population that you're not taking accountability for so 
I'm need to see what she's going to do on her end to make up for that, to kind of say, to pull in, wheel in the rest of us black vote and say, yo, we here because... But speaking to that point, how is she trying to redeem herself, Coach B? Because I know you're going to get into it. I'm going to step ahead. So she is trying to redeem herself. And her, along with Senator Tim Scott, Senator Cory Booker, introduced the bill to make lynching a federal hate crime, mm. which it's crazy that it took so long for that to actually happen. But Basically. It, but it's really good that is finally official. The, the new law would make lynching a federal offense punishable by a maximum sentence of life in prison. So... That's huge. Mm-hmm. She, she, along with Senator Rand Paul, introduced a bipartisan bail reform bill, the Pretrial Integrity and Safety Act of 2017. This bill will encourage states to stop holding accused offenders in jail who can't pay bail for their release, which is, that's a big thing. Because that's one of the main problems with our prison industrial complex and mm-hmm. our judicial system, where you're basically getting penalized for being poor. You can't afford to get bail paid and you're in jail waiting for trial. So it's guilty. That was similar to Khalid Browder. Exactly. As to why he was in prison. Exactly. Guilty until proven innocent, but you're still going to be in jail until you're proven innocent. And speaking of, his family is going to get about 3 or $3.3 million from the state. That, Finally, his estate. That's After amazing. the fact. Yeah. Subsequent, his mom's death. Rest in peace to Khalif Brother and his mom. Damn. It's really sad. But um, she is trying to redeem herself in that regard because the federal lynching law, that you know what demographic that pertains to. Black yeah. people, yeah. primarily. I know a white person getting lynched. Um, it's unfortunate. But now it's a federal law, so it applies to everybody. But also, too, keeping in mind what you just said about, you know, pertaining to the bail. That's a big thing. Like, the fact that there are people in prison that can't afford a couple hundred dollars, if not a thousand, to get out of bail, which to me is beyond ridiculous. And you know what's crazy? I was actually thinking about that, too, with the the government shutdown. It only lasted about 35 days, but so many people were really hurt by it because a lot of people live check to check. And when that one check doesn't come in, it can just completely disrupt your livelihood especially when you have a family exactly so it's so it sucks that the the system penalizes people for being poor so no it's very true one positive i can say about the shutdown is i like how we as a community general not just us specifically but like in general as a society came together and it was like restaurants offering free food and like discounted price for stuff for people who were affected by even the church that I go to Renaissance in Harlem shout out to Pastor Jordan by the way Jordan Rice I go out there and they even said it in the last service I went they was like if you know anyone that's affected by it please let us know we'll help them out and I thought that was very powerful like you know what I'm saying you got some of these pastors buying Lamborghinis for their wives no shade no tea Um, it's good to see that some of them are actually doing the work and putting it towards the community where it belongs when i used to work at the bank as a teller there was this one pastor coming in i didn't know who he was at first i just knew he was tall had ice a big ass pinky ring and would be coming in with stacks of money and i'm just like who is that oh he he's one of the pastors at the church i'm just like mm. oh okay oh yeah got it dripping in gold huh? i'm like maybe in college maybe i should just go into being a pastor <laughs> um that that's another topic for another I hate time you. Um, are you so overall what's your thoughts about her running for president Um, overall I was very excited because again it's a woman running and she's a black woman and black women have been the backbone of just the the culture making change and of course yeah what we do you're my backbone and so I just felt like that was that was huge yes but then once I got over that and 
like more articles were cut over that. Yeah, like that was my initial reaction. But then yeah. hearing more about what her history was as a prosecutor in California, and obviously nobody's perfect. So I definitely want to be really well informed, especially for this election coming up. So I think honestly, you can't do worse than Trump. So <laughs> fact, I am pretty excited for her and to see what her campaign is going to look like. And I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be great. Do Just, you think she's going to get the black vote, though? I I don't know because, yeah. you, honestly, I just don't know. Things are just so unpredictable now. <laughs> like, Facts. you could find something out and it just, they're just like, nah, we're good. Yeah. We're good on that. I mean, we've been pretty consistent, though, voting for our people or whatever, especially people who we feel have the passion to push to drive. And, you know, when it comes to us, I'm thinking about, like, Stacey Abrams and stuff like that. But I don't know. I hope she can enable to encompass the black. As much as they came out for Obama, I hope that they do come forward for her. It's just a matter of how she's going to redeem herself and actually be consistent in what she does because, like, all eyes are on you. Yeah. You know, people are critiquing you now. You're just putting a bit. That's going to be followed through throughout. I just pray that she comes up with a better um, response than I was not made aware of it. Yeah. Like, you're, so that means that you can run for president and a lot of shit could be going on under you and that's going to be, well, I was not made aware. Like, I'm going to need you to get it together. Like, you know, black people, we don't forget nothing, okay? And I think it's important to get your opinion on it because especially with, like, the recent elections, Democrats and people were coming out just saying how the black women were the ones who saved a lot of elections and getting the right people. pulled up in droves. And so black women are always making the right decision, making the right call. So This is what we do. So I think your opinion is very important. Do you think she's going to win that black vote? Do you think she has has what it takes to to make it? She has to spin it. Between now and then, she has to spin it. Depends on how she does it. So right now, I'm not feeling too confident. I'm not. I'm going to be honest with you. Because her cop-out response, her cop-out response is not enough. I need her to figure out what what more she's going to do. Like I said, I've been watching her, and she seems like she's, like, on it, which I respect about her. But there needs to be some form of consistency as to what she's going to do following through. It'll be great if she tapped back into those cases where people were in prison underneath her Mm -hmm. and try to get them out. Yeah. And, like, you know, in a sense of they get out, they get jobs. That'll be a start. Will that change things? But it's like, at least you went and fixed back what you did. You know what I'm saying? Even though you wasn't made aware, if you were able to get a couple of those families out or like several of them out, mm-hmm. that'll be a great opportunity to be like, okay, she tried to make up for it. Because at the end of the day, real talk, what are we voting for? We're going to vote for a black woman who, in some instances, is for the black community. Because, you know, we still a little on the if, we don't know. Then opposed to voting for a white politician who puts on this front like they care about us they all for us and then when they get in the office it's like you know what i'm saying when it comes down to police brutality it's like they silent they say they little one two let's pray to the family and oh let's focus on something else like that's my greater concern like you know are we choosing the lesser of two evils or are we choosing someone who actually is for the community because the the same energy we putting on her and mm-hmm. critiquing her we need to put out on every other white politician don't get them a pass because oh they seem like they have a decent track record they may have a decent track record, but that doesn't mean that they're fast when they get into office because they all switch up as soon as they get in. All of a sudden, they forgot about us. Yeah. And one thing I just want to point out, because, you know, I'm always in that utopian trying to oh, be... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead with your utopian self. Poor thing. So I just want to make it clear, because... At least, as a matter of fact, let me just speak for myself. Because I, I'm very passionate and I want someone who's going to really come out and really make a difference for the black community, I think that's very important because there's a lot of inequality when it comes to people of color. And we really all aren't 
free and equal until everyone is. Yes. So that's why I think it's so important that we're really working to get rid of this disproportionate prison industrial complex and laws that are just detrimental to the livelihood of people of color because once you do that that's going to make the overall world a better place so valid so i just kind of wanted to put that out there no that's true like speaking of yeah so it's well known that the american prison industrial complex is far from perfect and ironically we're called the land of the free but one in every four prisoner on the planet is located in the united states and i think that that just that fact in itself is insane it is like one in four are here in the quote-unquote land of the Mm -hmm. free but with all that being said this week in new york city at john jay college of criminal justice there was an announcement to introduce the world to reform alliance the reform alliance is an organization that aims to reduce the number of people serving unjust parole and probation sentences they're doing this by starting off with a pledge of 50 million dollars and a goal of freeing 1 million people from jail within the next five years and just to put that into perspective in the United States criminal justice system, there's about 6.6 million human beings that are either in prison or stuck in a revolving door of probation and parole. So that's one-sixth of those people getting out of jail. So that's that's huge. And yeah. in the next five years, that's like immediate mm-hmm. action. The mission statement for the Reform Alliance on their website reads, The mission of the Reform Alliance is to dramatically reduce the number of people who are unjustly under the control of the criminal justice system, starting with probation and parole. To win, we will leverage our considerable resources to change laws, policies, hearts, and mind. And I just love that they mention changing laws and policies because that's what you actually need to do to, to make actual change. But when they're saying the hearts and minds, I think that's really important because a lot of times with propaganda you just you hear a criminal and you just automatically have like this real negative connotation about them you don't really see the human being behind it and especially with like the war on drugs people were being criminalized for for simple things like smoking weed which so many people are doing but because they were a person of color they were being targeted and with laws like three strikes people were just being sent to jail for exorbitant amounts of time and Mm -hmm. so i think that's very important that outside of changing policies and laws they're really looking at changing just the the view the mindset about it and i think that's really smart and important yeah that's true very surprising are there partners who are a part of this and who want to follow through so rapper and owner of title jay-z is a part of it rapper and activist meek mills philadelphia 76ers co-owner and fanatics executive chairman michael rubin craft group ceo and a new england patriots owner robert Kraft, as well uh, they also have brooklyn nets co-owner and philanthropic investor clara Wu sai third point llc ceo and founder daniel s Loeb, galaxy digital ceo and founder michael e novargratz and vista equity partners founder and chairman and ceo robert f smith now, that's literally an all-star lineup of some of the most successful people on the planet, and they're really coming together to make social change, and that's, that's crazy. It's actually really dope, and there's a uh, picture going viral around social media showing Meek Mill sitting with Jay-Z and um, some of them in a meeting, and he was basically saying how he was nervous in the meeting, and then Jay-Z was like, yo, be yourself, dog. And I just thought it was very powerful because... 
I feel as if as we make it in certain aspects of our life, we're in rooms where we're making decisions about our culture and our community and we're the only ones. You know, we're sitting among people that look nothing like us and are not from our neighborhoods and make gazillions amount of money or they went about it a different way you know and when I saw that picture and then him actually being vulnerable and stating that as his caption I respected him because I was like yo this picture within itself is so powerful and the fact that Jay-Z is like yo be yourself dog it's like be yourself they're here to listen to you and what you have to say so we can move this movement forward mm-hmm. and know that you came from the hood of Philly and here you are you know what I'm saying he talked about it on his album when he used to hustle and now and you went to prison and now you're here in these conversations and you're shifting the culture culture and you have so much influence in such a positive way i feel like it was just a very powerful photo and i was just like don't be scared of who you are our motto is be who you are at all times because you're presenting yourself in those boardrooms you're representing the culture don't feel like you got to shift you got to be something different they want to hear you they want to understand you and they're willing to be a part of the movement as long as you include them yeah I, that's so powerful. I just imagine Meek walking into the meeting like, I used to pray for times like this. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> nah. yeah. Heard you. Um, <laughs> on another note, so one of the group's first steps was hiring CNN on political commentator Van Jones as CEO. Jones stated, I have spent my entire adult life preparing myself to help lead an initiative of this magnitude, he said. I'm looking forward to working with this powerful group of founders to disrupt the status quo and shift the criminal justice system landscape for generations to come. So to know that there's other people behind this and actually backing it, Van Jones has spoke about this even during the time of Meek Mills being arrested and the prison reform. Um, I may not agree with everything he says. I'm going to keep it 100, no shade, no tea. But pertaining to this reform, I'm glad that he's actually stepping forward and he's a part of the movement. Meek Mill has been in and out of the prison industrial system and most recently was sentenced to two to four years for wheeling on a dirt bike while on probation. And I believe he's still on probation because he tweeted that or something. I was like, are you serious? Yeah. So this is one of the major issues with our prison system. People are on parole for unreasonable amounts of time and go back to jail for the smallest offenses We actually discussed the Meek Mill situation in one of our past episodes, so if you haven't heard it, go back and check it out. And we'll definitely add that into the show notes so you guys can easily just access that. Yes, please do. Um, But in 2017, there was a free Meek Mill movement, which resulted in his release after five months in prison. Meek Mill had support of titans like Jay-Z and Robert Kraft, but that is not the case for millions in similar um, positions or worse off. And this is very true. You, you know, there are other people that are not put into those predicaments and they don't have a millionaire, billionaire friend to come through and to speak on their behalf and have a platform and have people doing hashtags for them. Like, Facts. you got people from the hood and the projects and they literally are taken advantage of because of their circumstances and because of the color of their skin. And they don't have that, you know. So luckily for him in this instance, he has that support, yeah. you know. And I'm glad that he's actually pushing the movement and actually want to be a part of it, which I honestly, I kept it on in the last couple episodes. Um actually look at him differently now and I'm actually more on board not saying that I wasn't before but I look at him differently in the fact that he's passionate about this I thought he was gonna come out of jail that was it he dropped the album all right Gucci but it's like he's actually moving this forward especially with the CNN interview that he did about him being locked up and I like how he switched the interview up on a commentator like imagine if this was their life and that's how you came up and stuff like that and these are the conversations we need to be having so to know that he's not using it as like oh this is my moment to shine he's using it as a way to like I want to help other people in my hood and I think that's very powerful I'm getting goosebumps OD you and these goosebumps seriously it's crazy because I think just thinking about Jay-Z he's 
probably my favorite rapper of all time. Yes, we know. And just is it because he's from Brooklyn? Brooklyn, Marcy Yurt, Canarsie, stand up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but just like he's an amazing lyricist. He's so smart. Yes. And just to see the progression of who he had to be because of his circumstances, how he got out of that and all the work that he's doing now. And at this point of his career, it's like he hasn't dropped album, but he's literally working with some of the richest people in the world to change the prison system and just, and just create real reform. And I'm like, damn, like how many other people can say that, like did what he's doing and he has so much more life. Him and his beautiful wife rented out the Louvre to shoot a music video. I'm just like, this dude is just, he's every step of the way, he's just killing the game. And I just love it. Like, (laughs) hove. So yeah, (laughs) just fanboyed real hard. I see that. It's okay. You have your moment. Shoot. Black Uh, boy joy. Facts. So Meek Mill has unwittingly become the face of prison reform since he came out of jail. Facts. And Meek stated, every time I started fulfilling my life within the music industry, every year or two, there was something that brought me back to ground zero because of probation. I always wondered what happened to the people in situations worse than mine. Mills also said... I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm here to speak for the ones who don't have a voice. I didn't ask to be the face of reform, but I want to bridge gaps and make the world a better place, especially for my culture. Facts. So I'm doing it for the culture. Facts. And I'm glad that he's cognizant of his privilege, knowing that he's lucky to be in a situation to have people to back him, that yeah. you know you kind of have to be present to that. But also, too, Jay-Z is also no stranger to speaking out against injustice in the world, as he's credited for creating two prolific documentary, one on Khalif Broder, which we discussed in a previous episode, so go back and check that out. That documentary was deep. Yeah, well, it was like a three-part documentary. Yeah, and, and, and also to Trayvon Martin. Yeah, so um, he's always been on the backbone in terms of these movements and kind of wanted to propel it and move it forward. And he, whether he pay, whether he's in the background or not, he's playing a position in it. So I definitely give him credit for that. Hove. <laughs> Damn. Were you surprised by the formation of the group and the cast of people? I was shocked because, one, these people who are in the group, they're billionaires. Like, yeah. Like, they got money, money. <laughs> they rich, rich. <laughs> Facts. They rich, rich. <laughs> um, and then I think it's also so important that there's so many different people. There's different backgrounds, race, ethnicities who are supporting this. And, like, that's what we need to actually make change. Everybody coming together. It can't just be people of color fighting for it. It can't just be non-people of color. So everyone needs to come together, and that's what this represents. And at the end of the day, like, I feel like if Illuminati is real, who knows? Like, that's probably, like, the people who would be (laughs) Illuminati. And they're working for uh, reform, and that's a beautiful thing. And I was, like, shocked. Yeah. Because I thought at first, it, oh, it's cool. Meek got out of jail, and he's just he's chilling with um, owners of football teams and basketball teams. But little did I know, they're really, like, they were plotting and planning, and, and they're, oh, the goosebumps. Well, that's why it's good to expand your circle of friends, too. Facts. Because <laughs> our... Uh, <laughs> Bruh, that's also a very important factor. So the fact that he had these people around him, but he needs them just as much as they need him. You exactly. know what I'm saying? So to kind of see that, and I'm glad that they're actually coming together. I want to see what's more is going to come out of this and how they plan on helping other families and how effective it's going to be. Yeah. Do you think it's gonna the group's going to be successful in making real change to the system? 
I think they're going to be very successful as long as they're consistent. Yeah. Um, and also, too, if they are able to get any politicians in on it as well. Because, I mean, going into this election, you know, everybody want to hop on something. Yeah. You know, everybody woke for like five seconds. So I think this will be great. I think it's a great idea. I just want there to be consistency. And also, too, what are they going to do with the families that have been affected, the families that were or are the ones who are currently affected, and what other things they plan on doing with it. You know, so I definitely, and it needs to become more of an awareness conversation and create more dialogue, which I want to see more of. So I think this is really important. And I want to see more people who weren't a part of the prison system, who don't have the proper resources and have the money, millionaire and billionaires, but to come forward and speak their stories and their truth too, because I want to get an idea of what they've been through. You know what I'm saying? It's not only about the billionaires. Yes, we have to have a mixture of people in these conversations, but we also have to make sure... This is for those people. Their voices should be the primary voices being said and told. You know, they should be able to tell their stories as to what happened and everyone around them is listening to them and they figure out ways and including them in those conversations to move it forward. Not just tell me your story, I right, dipset, we're going to handle this. No, how am I going to be included a part of this movement? Because they're probably able to provide a lot of information because of what they've been through that people, you know, like a Robert Kraft would not have become present to. So I think it's important to kind of have that cohesive relationship. You know, Meek Mill shouldn't be the only ones in those meetings like, I'm nervous. It should be more of us and they're like, I'm nervous. But when you look around, you're like, I got you. So you don't need to be nervous. So, yeah, I'm excited, nice. as you can see. You know yeah. I'm all about the social justice joint. <laughs> Facts. Got him. <laughs> all right coach p he gonna drop a little a little gem ish you know <laughs> we gonna get into it to end it off right nice so on this segment i want to actually issue a challenge for everyone who's out there just trying to be their best selves and just live their living best, their best lives. life <laughs> living my living best life <laughs> I ain't going to, nah. Back to you niggas. I said it. We on a podcast, different podcast. You're. Get it. <laughs> um, so for the month of February, I want to initiate a Coach P water challenge. And if it's because it's Black History Month, you trying to get fancy. I, I didn't even think trying about it that way. Trying to connect with the ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> Wait kind of in the water. <laughs> Yo. What? <laughs> you don't be randomly listening to hymns at home. No, I don't randomly listen to some choice at home. Yeah, that's how you got. You got to stay connected to your to your past. I'm connected. Trust me, they live in my roots. You already know what time it is. Facts. I'm woke all the time. Facts. Speaking of edges, <laughs> slick back with the gel, boy. Looking good over there. Eco style for all my natural ladies. Okay, it's definitely it gathered me today. Okay, mm -hmm. and we're back. <laughs> Um, so for the month of February, we're going to be doing the Coach P Water Challenge. And if you choose to participate, it's going to be really easy to implement. And I actually want you to do it too, Key. So we'll see. Yo, I hate <laughs> you because that wasn't the plan. Facts. But I think this is, it's such a powerful thing. But let me just dive in. No pun intended. <laughs> um, I feel like singing today. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm about to dive in <laughs> it. <laughs> nah. Um, okay. I will be taking an inner bath every morning for the 28 days in February. Wait, what's the inner bath? So, great question. Everyone showers every morning, hopefully. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> and that cleanses the outside of your body. But your true health really starts from oh, I within. Oh, see what you did there. <laughs> you smart. Mm -hmm. Inner bath, yes. <laughs> so, to do an inner bath, what you must do is drink 24 to 34 ounces of water first thing in the morning. And that equates to about a liter. And it really doesn't get much easier than that. And 
to think about it, your body is mainly water. So by doing this, you're really effectively hydrating yourself and flushing the waste out of your body. So some of the symptoms of dehydration. Especially if you're drinking honey the night before. Facts. No shade, no tea. And That's my favorite drink. Again, I'm glad that you mentioned that because mm. when you drink alcohol, it dehydrates your body. And that's literally what causes the hangover. But it tastes so good, though. It, no, and that's the thing. It is good, Especially but... Especially when it goes down. Continue. I'm sorry. I was just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just having a moment. Easy, Jill. <laughs> Easy over there. Ooh. <laughs> but... Like with after you drink, your body gets dehydrated, and all you really need to do is drink lots of water to really hydrate your cells, and that'll get rid of the hangover feeling. But dehydration it causes headaches again, which is what happens when you have the hangover. Low energy, poor circulation, lack of focus, and it's just not good for your body overall because we're made up of mostly water. And most people actually start their day by drinking coffee, which is a diuretic, and but that means it makes your body get rid of water. So it dehydrates you. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Coach P dropping. Hella jumps, honey. Mm. So if you take an inner bath first thing you do when you wake up, you're going to be really hydrating your body, getting waste out of your body, waking up all your organs, making you feel more alert, focused, and energized. And it's it's such a powerful easy thing to implement but it's going to really kick start your day and your health regime if you're really trying to just be the best version of yourself but you're going to be peeing like every two minutes and i'm glad you said that again you're just on the ball today i'm saying because i that's why i don't like to drink a lot of water in the morning i do drink a a cup of water in the morning when i go to gym i drink like three but i literally have to come off my stop if i got a, a distance and to go use the restroom because i can't i'm not into holding my pee mm-hmm so that's why. That life. So that's why I wanted to give you guys three quick tips for impl- if you're going to be taking part in this challenge. Wear a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> so you should give yourself thirty to forty-five minutes before you leave your house after you drink the the twenty-four to thirty-two ounces of water because it's called an inner bath and you're basically flooding your body with water first thing in the morning. So it's no joke going to push the waste out of your body and. The way our body gets rid of waste is through pee and through number two. So you're going to have to go. And you want to just give yourself the opportunity to get that out of the way before you actually go about your day. You don't want to be stuck on the train like, oh, shoot, I got to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing to take note. Also, warm water is a lot easier to take down and to really drink first thing in the morning. And just in general, room temperature water, is your body takes that in a lot easier than really cold water. And lastly, adding lemon to the water will help clean your digestive tract and help keep the acidity down in your body. So you can hack the water and make it even that much better for you by adding the lemon to it every morning. So this is a really simple hack to just jumpstart a well-being journey, and it's really easy to do. And if you want to take your vitality to another level, definitely hop on this wave with me for February. With you. Yes. Only you. Yes. Hop on it with him. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about challenges, people. That's a lot for me to be doing. I'll think about it since we're a team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you've been waking up a lot early in the morning. I have been. Yes, I have. This is a part of my new year. Same me-ish, but it's part of my um, vision board. New year, new edges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See that little, see how I gathered it up? I like it. Um, and speaking of, too, like water is really good because I, I listened to a Gabriel Union interview and that's why I really got into drinking a gallon of water. She said it. She was like, they asked her about her hair and her um, her skin. Yeah. And she was like, she drinks a gallon a day and she tries to do that. So I'll do the challenge with Coach P so I can tell yeah. you what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I'm very, I'm an advocate of drinking a lot of water during the day. Like, 
especially like throughout, I try to do like five or six glasses if I can. Right. And then that, that's the beauty about it. You get this large amount of water first thing in the morning. You flush out your body and you get that waste out and you feel very hydrated. And, and yes. it's, it's just going to be it's going to be very beneficial. All right. So let's, we're going to be on it. I can't we're wait. We're going to be on it. And as you guys know, we're wrapping up this season seven. We'll be back for season eight. Eight. Yes. Cannot wait. As you know, we take about a month break to get right in tight and, you know, recuperate and get back on track. We have a lot of stuff in store and planned for our podcast, which we'll be sharing on our social media platform. So definitely follow us on that. Um, and in the meantime, check out all our previous episodes of this season and the seasons before. You know you want to keep up to date with what we got going on. Facts. All right. Thank you for tuning in for all of this time. We love it. And we hope that you enjoyed this season. We try to put out a lot of great content and we had some great guests on our show as well. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. a fun one. It definitely was a fun one. And I can't wait. Season eight and what we got in store. We got we got some (laughs) some things coming up. You can't speak on it yet, but we got some things coming up. You got to stay hush hush right Uh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my new way of saying everything twice. We got to move in silence. Facts. Yes. Shout out to Ho. <laughs> Brooklyn. Bronx stand up. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> all right. So once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure if you haven't done so already, purchase our ringtone that's playing all silky smooth in the background. For Android users, you can purchase that at the Tune Store. And for Apple users, you can purchase that at the iTunes Store. Also, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at unapologeticd underscore. And you can make donations to our Patreon account by searching unapologetically different. And finally, you can find all of our shows on SoundCloud, iTunes, and now Stitcher. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.